Welcome to Addicted to Busy, the podcast specifically for overachieving property managers who are dying for a little more work-life balance in their lives. Each week, we dismantle all the BS that holds us back. You'll learn how to nix those tricky, self-sabotaging habits so that you have the time, energy, and motivation to create what you really want in life. If you're looking to shift from overcommitted to overjoyed, this is the podcast for you. Let's do this. Now, your host, Anna Havalyana. Hey, all, and welcome back to Addicted to Busy. Today, we are going to talk about overworking versus overdelivering and how we got stuck in the trap of overworking and then a simple mindset shift that we need in order to get out of it. But before we hop into today's topic, I do want to let you know that I practice what I preach and I'll tell you what I mean by that. So I typically pre-record most of my podcasts in advance because usually once a month I'm traveling to speak at conferences. And as I mentioned last week, um, at the beginning of November, I did two speaking engagements pretty much back to back. Within a period of eight days, I flew from Wisconsin to Houston, came back from Houston, went to Chicago for a few days, flew out to Portland, drove to Eugene, drove back to Portland, and then flew back to Wisconsin. Now, when I initially got home from that trip, I felt amazing. I was on a high from being able to connect with so many amazing property managers. And I just love sharing the tools that I've learned. So on that Wednesday, when I got back, I returned to my work schedule per usual. And because I'd been traveling so much, my coaching schedule was absolutely packed with back-to-back sessions. So that Wednesday night at 5 p.m., it was time for me to take off to go to the dance class that I do every week. And I didn't want to. My email inbox still had plenty of unread messages. There were Slack threads that were piled up, also waiting for a response from me. And I hadn't had a chance to check in with some of my one-on-one clients. I felt that old urge coming back from my days of overworking. I was tempted to skip the class and spend the evening cleaning out all of those messages. But then it hit me at that moment and I told myself, Anna, this is exactly what you teach your clients not to do. I knew that if I skipped out on that class, that I would be likely to work until late in the evening and that there would be a higher chance of me getting burned out because too much of my time would be focused on work and there wouldn't be any intentional time spent for me to relax and be creative. And relaxation and creativity is a big piece of preventing burnout. When I coach others, we often talk about the concept of pain now versus pain later. And eventually I will need to do a whole entire podcast on this topic, but to summarize it, we have to look at whether our decisions will cause pain in the moment or whether they're going to cause pain later on down the road. So I'll give you an example. Um, You know, someone trying to lose weight in the moment, a donut is going to feel very good. But if you have that donut and you're trying to lose weight, you're going to feel a lot of pain later because you're going to feel guilt and shame and you're not going to be any closer to your goal. 
when we flip this around, if you're willing to feel pain in the moment and say no to the donut, even though it's delicious, you get to have so much joy later when you feel the fulfillment of following through on a commitment to yourself. So as it pertained to all of the emails and Slack messages that I had when I got back from the trip, the truth is, is that it would feel very good in the moment to sit and clear out all of those messages. But then it would feel awful later on because I would no longer have a good balance between work and play. There will never be a day in property management where you aren't bombarded with emails, messages, texts, and voicemails. If you don't have the ability to shut down, you will never shut off. This industry doesn't sleep, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't. I did at one point in my career, I had a supervisor who would email at like two or three in the morning. They really had an inability to shut off. (laughs) And you know what? That might work for some people. I just know for myself that I want to be in a good mood. I want to be rested. I don't want to be crabby or cranky with the people that I love. And so learning to shut off is a very, very important skill that I had to figure out how to do. Now, here's the thing. When I give my brain a small break from my work, I'm able to return to my work with renewed energy and increased focus. So yes, it feels awful in the moment to leave a few things undone, but it feels amazing when I can come back the next day and get through those things quicker, more efficiently, and with less chance of me making a mistake. So to my clients who are listening, this is proof that I take my own advice. And if you find yourself in the same spot in the future, do a brief overview of your messages just to check for emergencies. And once you've done that, close up and get out of the office. No, it does not feel good in the moment, but it will feel better for you in the long run. All right, so let's hop into today's topic, how to over-deliver without overworking. I think most of us in this industry have heard the phrase under-promise and over-deliver, but I think what happened was that we were correctly promising and then overworking. This ties into why I named the business Addicted to Busy. Anytime I went to a networking event and connected with managers, they would always talk about how busy they were. They would often talk about how much time they were putting into their work. Eventually, it started to sound like this badge of honor to be so quote-unquote, busy or in demand. I think I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but I once had a mentor tell me that if you are working more than 40 hours a week, you're not busy, you're sloppy with your priorities and with your time. And that ended up being remarkably true. Once I adopted that mindset, it completely changed how I chose to use my time every day. And when I heard others talk about how busy they were, I no longer saw it as a badge of honor. I hate to say this, but I kind of started to see it as a sign of someone who was not in control of their own time. It became more and more clear to me that those who were falling behind under the mask of busy were simply playing victim to their employer or to their properties. Now, if this is you, I do not want to shame you about this. 
I am 100% fully guilty of this as well. And the example that I'm going to share today is so ridiculously trivial that I'm almost embarrassed to share it with you. So if this is you and this is resonating with you, I'm not telling you're a victim. I'm simply inviting you to consider a mindset shift. First of all, it's important to note that many people are stuck in the mindset that the more time that they put into a job, the more valuable they become. Especially if you have ever worked an hourly job, you can develop a subconscious belief that more time equals more money. If you're a leasing agent or an assistant and you're getting overtime hours, this might actually be true. However, if you are a GM or a regional and you're salaried, now the game completely changes. This is exactly how at one point in my career, I was the highest paid person on site, but I was making less money per hour than our leasing agents. And I got to be honest with you, making less than $20 an hour for all of the shit I was putting up with was not worth it. Even though I was a salaried employee, I was still operating as if I was an hourly employee. I was faced with a new paradigm that I'd never seen before. And that was that as a manager, I had to have the know-how to determine where and how my time was best spent. This really goes back to the episode where we discuss the difference between controlling the situation versus supporting your team. If you haven't listened to it, please go check it out because it's going to help you greatly when you start considering for yourself where you're overworking versus over-delivering. I really don't like the term that's below my pay grade, but truth be told, as managers, We do have to constantly evaluate which position and its respective pay grade is most appropriate for certain types of tasks. We can get caught up in the trap of believing that if we work more and put in extra hours, that we increase our chances for raises and promotions, but this isn't always true. We increase our chances for raises and promotions when we successfully act on the most value-producing results, and when we show up with high energy, fulfillment, and patience for others. I know for me, whenever I started my day at the office, I wanted to start my day by sending out emails just so that there would be a record of how early I began my day. And the same thing would happen in the evenings. If I worked in the evening to finish up a report or payables, I'd find something to email someone about just so that someone could see that I was working after hours. It was this like internal need to be validated and say, hey, look at me going above and beyond. But here's the thing, that type of mentality only drained out my energy and slowed down the work that I could get done between the normal nine to five. My friends, you are not owed anything just because you're stressed and busy and putting in extra time. You're owed for the value that you create for the property. And your value as a salaried employee has already been predetermined by the salary you accepted. The owners don't care about how many hours you're putting in. They care about their bottom line. And the way to improve their bottom line is not to sacrifice your personal life in an effort to put in more time. 
It's by looking at which tasks will give them the greatest return on their investment. There's this myth that over-delivering means getting absolutely everything done. But the problem here is that you might be stressing yourself out about things that don't matter to the owner. In reality, over-delivering is having a rock-solid communication on what the owner's needs and wants are. You can work as many hours as you want, but if you're working on non-value-producing tasks, you're just going to burn yourself out and then reduce your ability to do quality work the next day. I remember working at a residential site and the owners were really concerned about the online reviews we were getting. And they finally approved a budget line for resident renewal gifts. And so whenever I signed off on the final lease, I emailed the tenant their lease with a request to schedule their carpet cleaning or touch-up painting or whatever gift they chose. Now, this is where it kind of gets a little bit embarrassing for me. Some residents were great at getting back to me and others weren't. And so I ended up stuck with this giant pile of leases in my office, all waiting to have their renewal gifts scheduled. And it didn't seem like anything at the time, but that pile just sat there and sat there and started to create a sense of overwhelm because it was just one more thing that wasn't done. I kept putting in time and energy into trying to get people to schedule their gift. And finally, my supervisor called me out on it. I remember she asked me, Anna, have you reached out to them more than twice? And I was like, yeah, I mean, some of them more than three times. I couldn't see it at the time, but I was really stuck in the belief that over-delivering meant doing all of the things. Like I said, in hindsight, this example is kind of embarrassing And now it seems so obvious to me, but at the time, I really believed that it was my responsibility to make sure that every tenant got their renewal gift so that we could improve our tenant review scores. Eventually, I passed the renewal scheduling over to the employee with the correct pay grade, and everything was fine in the world. I see this example happen time and time again. Both managers and even some assistant managers are taking on tasks that don't belong to them because they're stuck in either overworking or trying to control a situation. This is actually what prevents them from over-delivering. They're focused on tasks that don't belong to them. So then when it comes time to do the tasks that do belong to them, they're already exhausted. We have to be able to own the type of work that we're putting out into the world. If you've been working distractedly and task bouncing left and right and working in the evenings, you have to own that you're choosing that. If you've been calendaring and prioritizing and setting clear boundaries with love, you have to own that you're choosing that. Delivering great results will require you to set boundaries with your team And it will require you to challenge yourself to focus on one task at a time. Now, there are some common misconceptions that can creep in here. Mainly people fear that if I tell them to set boundaries and make themselves unavailable to their teams, that that means that they're going to be bad managers or that they're selfish. But this is an error. Your purpose of focusing on work without distraction is so that you can get through the task quicker 
and with more efficiency and with fewer errors, which actually gives you more time to give to your employees and your residents. This job does not require you to be a doormat and available at the drop of a hat. There is a sweet spot of being available to others and still being results-driven. And it's your job to find that sweet spot. It's going to require that you communicate with your team and coach them to understand what is and isn't an emergency. It requires you to be the example of what it looks like to prioritize and focus on a task until completion. Listen, people are going to have opinions about you no matter what you do. Even if you left your door open every single day, eight to five, and never closed it and allowed every tenant, employee, and vendor in whenever they wanted, there's still going to be someone out there who thinks you're doing it wrong. Focusing on one thing at a time helps us deliver quality work. Over-delivering does not mean doing everything. It means doing things exceptionally well. We have to stop thinking about our jobs in terms of hour per week or number of emails sent. And instead, we get down to measuring our capacity to over-deliver by way of providing the most important metrics to our owners and to our tenants. As a salaried employee, you get paid the same rate. And the sad thing is your property owner and maybe even your supervisor rarely see all the sacrifices that you make in your personal life for your career. I think one of the fears that people have when it comes to figuring out work-life balance is that they think I'm going to tell them to just cut down on their hours. And people will assume that means I'm asking them to do less, which of course leads to many other fears, mainly that if you're working fewer hours that you will produce less and therefore you won't get promoted or receive a raise. And that's not what we're going for. What we're actually trying to do is figure out how to produce more results, but on less time and energy. This is the mindset that you need to shake. The amount of hours that you give your employer means absolutely nothing. And I mean that when I say it. It is your choice on how long it's going to take you to complete a task. You're going to get paid the same whether that task takes you two hours or whether it takes you four hours to deliver the same end result. If you are task bouncing down the rabbit hole runway and dragging out how long it takes you to complete a task, you're not busy. You're sloppy with your focus. And again, I, I say this with love simply because I have been there. It can sound harsh to call something sloppy, but hearing it in that way was exactly what I needed to shift my definition of productivity from time-based into results-based. When we define productivity, we don't define it by how many hours you've put in or how busy or stressed you are. Listen, if it was the number of hours we worked that determined how quote-unquote productive we are, then technically the laziest person on staff could be considered the most productive just by way of the amount of time that they spend doing a task. The flaw in this thinking is that we're allowing the amount of time to determine our level of productivity. If this is how you're choosing to measure your productivity or value at work, there's really no impetus to increase efficiency 
and or cut out the BS tasks that waste time. Instead, we want to measure productivity by the high quality results that we produce. Switching into this mindset isn't easy. If this episode resonated with you, I'm going to assume that you have a lot of thought work that you need to do to untangle this before this type of mindset will set in. An unconscious habit is formed over time and through repetition. The more you do something, the more it becomes ingrained in your brain and the easier it is to do it without thinking about it. This can be helpful when you have a routine that helps you stay productive or organized, but it can also be a hindrance when you have an unconscious habit that's harmful or counterproductive. If you have an unconscious way of trading your time for money, it's going to take conscious effort to start focusing on results-driven work. And that's exactly what we do in our coaching program. I want to invite you, if you haven't already, to sign up for a free coaching session to see if we can help you get back to better work-life balance. To sign up, go to anahavelyana.com and click get free coaching on the top right-hand portion of the screen. That's A-N-N-A-J-A-V as in vivacious, E-L-L-A-N-A.com. I love you. Keep going. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Addicted to Busy. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.